You're listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Focused on leadership, culture, and building a team. Here's your host, Evan Silver. Hey, today on Touch the Line, I have a special guest. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. Very influential in the beauty industry, an incredible stylist and salon owner. He leads with humility, one of the most charismatic people I know. And now I get to call him a dear friend. Please welcome Daniel Mason Jones. I wish I could put like some applause in here. (laughs) Daniel, thanks so much for being on Touch the Line. Thank you. What an honor to be here. Uh, You know, it's funny, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, how we actually met, but I am so grateful and feel like everything in life is always moving in your favor at that moment. And just meeting you and Aaron and your company, knowing what you stand for is so awesome. And having you in my life is it, no accident. So thank you for having me here because this is an honor for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So just got to give a quick snapshot to all of our listeners. Was it, I guess two years ago, I, th- I think it was exactly two years ago, my wife and I were going to Florida and I was pulling up some podcasts and it was the hair industry podcast, your day off. And I was trying to learn about the industry and get more, you know, well-known with the industry. And so my wife's like, Oh, Daniel Mason Jones. And I'm like, who is that? I was like, it's a cool name. Um, so we started listening to it. And at the time, everything I knew about the industry was very ego. It was all about me, 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 me. And I heard someone that was um, full of humility, full, you're just so humble. You talked about leadership and serving others. And I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to get an hour of this guy's time. And she was like, Evan, you're crazy. She's <laughs> like, this is one. he's like the hot new thing in hair world. You're not, you're not going to get an hour of his time. So I reached out to you on DM. You were like, Hey, we got the shadow project at our salon. You can come and hang out. So I did that. And it was so awesome because I was just, we're, I mean, we just connected, you know, like you meet those people and you're like, oh my gosh, like I felt like we've known each other for years. And, uh, from there it just started a friendship and, um, you pick up the phone every time I call, every time I text, you text back. So it's really great to connect with you since then and here on the podcast. That's kind of you to say that, but I feel the same exact way. You know, whenever I get a call, I'm like, what Evan Silver's calling me? <laughs> this is Again? so cool. So, <laughs> hey, he calls often as you would like. It's fine. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And uh, so give, give the listeners a little bit of who Daniel Mason Jones is. How do you? How did you get to where you are now? And how does your upbringing, you know, kind of reflect who you are now? Yeah. So one of the crazy things about our relationship is that you're right there in Easley, South Carolina. And uh <laughs> I think when I read that, that you were from Easley, I kind of laughed. I was like, what? Because we're from the same exact place. And and even funnier to the listeners is that your salon is literally less than five minutes from the place that I grew up. So um, pretty amazing there. But growing up, you know, I grew up in small town and Easley has definitely evolved over the years. But I grew up in a small town in a, in a pretty conservative home environment and as I was growing up, we were really poor and you always, you know, we've always heard the grass is green on the other side. So as a, as a kid, I would always have these fantasies of what would it be like if we had money? What would it be like if, you know, we could have a pool or if we could have any of those things. And we simply couldn't have that life. My parents worked 
Uh, I now know that my parents probably gave every dime they made away um, just to help other people. So maybe in hindsight, we might have been the richest people in town, just not with money. So um, growing up in that environment really helped structure who I am today. Now, my passion for growing people, and, and I'm a very structured person, even though in my own life, I might be a little disorganized when it comes to papers and, and dates, that sort of thing. I do crave structure. And a lot of that comes from my religious upbringing. I grew up in a, in a pretty rigid home uh, when it came to Christianity. And I am so grateful for how I grew up because it gave me my, my moral compass of who I am today as, as a person and ultimately a leader. But through that, you know, there may be something that I don't even think you know this, Evan. Did you know that I was in ROTC for three years? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually did Navy ROTC for three years. And I did that because of my religious upbringing, because our religious um, standards or what we lived by, we, we weren't allowed to wear short sleeves or anything like that. So I couldn't take gym class in school. So in order to get the, those extracurricular uh, credits that I needed, I took ROTC. So, um, and when I got in there, I thought it was really amazing because there was also leadership again, and it really taught me the fundamentals on respect and values. So all of those things from my childhood have really helped propel where I am today. Yeah, I, I did not know that. And <laughs> man, what a way to get out of PE, <laughs> out of gym class. I uh, in, better. <laughs> in high school, I did the mile run. It was first period. So like, I didn't want to run. So I walked, I did it in 23 minutes <laughs> and now look at them. Look, look at me go. now. <laughs> Appreciate you sharing your story. How, so the podcast is about leadership, culture, building a team. Yes. Tell me about leadership. Like when did you start knowing about leadership and learning about it and finding out, like I have this capability um, you know, I never in a million years would have thought that I was a leader. And again, growing up the way that I did, having people around me that that were such strong leaders and what, whether it was good leadership or bad leadership, I always had strong leaders. And so maybe I, I picked that up, you know, almost by just being around it. So um, when we opened our salon, it was never something that I necessarily had a dream of doing. It wasn't something like, oh, yeah, I want to open a salon, a salon one day. But there was such weak leadership. And the salons that I had been in, they would close, um, they would mishandle money. They didn't know how to lead their people. They were bosses versus a leader. I know that's something that you and I both are very passionate to talk about. And uh, so when it came time for us to open a salon, because we had to, there was, there was nothing else to do at that point. We decided that we were going to go in as leaders. And now we were not great in the beginning. And I have to tell you, you know, in our leadership ability, how we brought in people, how we recruited um, our attention wasn't so strong in the very beginning because we didn't have the systems that we needed to do. So that absolutely came with time. I think one of the biggest things in leadership that any leader, any leader, wherever you are, is that we constantly have to evolve, grow, we're reading books, we're listening to podcasts, we're hanging out with other leaders. Uh, and there's so many types of leaders, you know, so establishing what type of leader is that you want to be. I would be more of, if, if you were to label my leadership ability, it would be inspirational slash maybe transparent leadership because I, you know, how I'm feeling. Um, I'm going to appreciate you every day. I'm going to let you know you're doing an incredible job, but I just love to cheer people on because I, I typically can see so many things in people just like yourself and all the other leaders out there. We see things in people that they don't see in themselves. And, you know, if you dissect the word 
uh, inspired leader or inspiration is in spirit. And so our job as leaders is to look at that spirit within and pull it out of them. I love that you say you said that because that's what leadership, you could define it many different ways. And one of the ways I was defined is seeing the gold in others, pulling out that potential that they don't even see yet. And it's yeah. such a beautiful thing. And I, I say that because someone did that to, to me where I didn't see, I would never saw myself where I'm at today. And I'm still learning, you know, like I was just the funny guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I just made people laugh. And the fact that, you know, if you would said 10 years ago, that would be leading people. I would be like, uh, I don't No, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> and doing it so well, might I add, you know, it's funny. I look at you and I, I, you know, you can sometimes see inside people again, that leadership ability. And I see so many big things for you in leadership, just seeing how you, how people react to you. When I hired you in my own company the other week, seeing how my team responded to you and even seeing the after effects now is so powerful. The impact that you have on people. Well, I appreciate that. And it was awesome to be in your salon talking about the guest experience because yes. first impressions, they take a few seconds. And Absolutely. a lot of times as business owners, we don't, we don't really think about the first impressions. We That's really it. think about the, the whole experience, which is still very important. But those first 15, 20 seconds, or mm-hmm. however you think a first impression, however long it is. Some people say three seconds, right? definitely less than a minute um, to focus on that. So you, you, you mentioned boss and leader. Yes. A boss, babe, you know, oh, I say ha- <laughs> oh. you may as well put a hashtag ego underneath. Oh, that. bummer. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about that for a second. Like a lot of people are just I feel like they're kind of like, mm, I don't want to use the word. I don't use the word uneducated. They just, they just, they, there's a better way. So talk about what does boss and leader, what's the difference? Mean you know, when, when I think of a boss, you know, think of any movie you've seen or a TV show where you've got this old man, <laughs> this got his feet propped up on a desk and smoking a cigar and he's speaking down to everyone around him. And he's got this, this office that's nicer than anybody else's or, or she um, I don't want to exclude anyone. So they they have this power, but typically when you see it, it, it is a male role. So you see this idea of what a boss looks like. And, you know, for the people that might have that ego, that egocentric mind, they might crave that. But what you realize is you don't get a lot done when you're a boss and people absolutely don't respect you. So when you step into leadership, totally different role. A leader, you know, I heard someone say to me, Evan, they said, um, and I'm sure you've heard this too. They said, it's lonely at the top. And I'm like, actually it's not because if you're a leader, you can look to your left and you can look to your right and your team are surrounded by you. But if you're, if you're a boss, you're going to have to look behind you because you've left those people behind. And so many times as a boss, you're taking the credit for something that someone else has already done for you. So um, when you look at leadership, you know, if if we do get lucky enough by hard work and integrity to get to the top of whatever it is that we do, it's our responsibility to reach down and lift these other people to where we are and show them the way because we're not going to be here forever. Man, what a, I mean, we could end it right there. <laughs> I love that lonely at the top. Yeah you're, yeah, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. If you're lonely, you're a boss. If you're if you want to lead, you'll be surrounded by amazing people. It's a beautiful journey. I love that. I just love it. 2020 was a year 
for everyone. So let's focus on the business of 2020. You know, with COVID, and we all know someone who was either impacted or probably mm-hmm. lost their life. And 2020 was it. It was a year. It was in our company. I know you, Aaron, and I were thinking: Should we close our salon down? Not forever, but for yes. the for uh, for COVID. And yes. so we were wrestling with that. And honestly, I don't know how it was at your house, but one one oh, minute I would be like, "Yes, we got to do this." Then ten minutes later, it was like, "No, no, no, no. We could push through. We could capitalize on this. Let every let all the other people shut down, and then we'll be open." And then I just felt like God told me, like, what are you on earth to do? Exactly. It's not to do that. It's to protect our staff, the people that's in our, in our care. And so you guys came out and it was just like, you know what? We got to do this. Tell me how, how that went down. I would love to know the inside because we've all seen the outside if we follow you and Muse, but how did it go at home? We decided March, it was March 17th. We decided to close our doors and you know, here in Georgia, we, we didn't have to. And it was it was one of those things that I felt in leadership. It was my responsibility to put the safety of my team and the guests. I, I had to put their safety first. You know, there's a time in life that we have to realize that money is important. Yes, it's very important. But money isn't the most important thing. You know, at the end of the day, all we have is each other. So in leadership, I think if you can go the way and show your team that you'll put them in front of the dollar, Hopefully, the right people inside your company will understand what your leadership looks like. So it was hard. You know, we, did, we made the decision and uh, it was tough. You know, we were doing really well. We were, we were on track to have a really, really big year. Um, we had already projected our growth and uh, where we would be was, was going to be nice. And we were growing. We knew how many people we were going to onboard. We had this whole system laid out. Well, just like life, anytime you plan something, you can guarantee the one consistency in life is inconsistency. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we um, we closed down and it was an emotional thing. I'm not an emotional person at all. So for me to cry is very rare. Um, I worked in a funeral home for a long time. So I think that was stripped away from me. And uh, so we were, um, we closed and we were getting, we were trying to reach out to all of our team and let them know, hey, we were going to take care of you. We are going to figure out what we need to do. And at the time, we thought we would only be closed maybe two weeks. We didn't know that we were going to be closed for eight weeks. And, uh, you know, getting into unemployment and trying to make sure your team felt safe at home and making sure they knew that you had their backs and trying not to over communicate, which I learned in 2020, you can never over communicate. And that was my biggest takeaway in 2020 was that if you're a leader, your job, your biggest job is to communicate and effectively, not just, not just blanket it out with one zoom call for your whole entire company. What I learned was I should have picked up the phone individually and called every team member, even if I had to do it every week, because all I had was time. Right. I did not do that. And so that's something I definitely learned, but it was, it was terrible. And I tell you another thing, when day two came around and I was looking at our salon, I was like, man, we're going to lose a lot of money this year. For me, one of our biggest objectives in our company is to give back to childhood cancer and I was like, we're not going to be able to make this big donation this year because we're we're about to get punched. As the news started to escalate, um, we knew that this was going to be we were going to be in it for a while, and so it was definitely a challenge. However, here's what I'm going to say: If you've ever been around me at all, you've heard me say this: Life has never happened to you. Life is happening for you. 
So what we have to do every single day, when we see all the things that are happening around us, we need to ask ourselves one question every day, and it'll help simplify life. What am I to learn from this? What am I to learn from this? So, you know, I learned that I need to communicate better. So I immediately started looking at classes online, uh, communicating how I could be more of an effective communicator. As you know, I'm a book lover. I started ordering all these books on effective communication. Uh, John Maxwell's um, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions because I realized that the quality of questions that I was or the answers that I was getting were weak. That's only reflected in me that I was asking poor questions. So um, it's been a great learning challenge and uh, an opportunity. We're definitely, if we have to close down again, we're more prepared this time. And I think we have a more clear route, even though I pray that we don't have to. So uh, that's where we are. That's really good. So 2020, what you've learned in 2020 and pivoting to 2021, you said communication was the biggest thing you've learned that you're going to start moving forward. And I agree, like over communication is there's no such thing. I That's think you could thing. go to every company all over the world, go to the employees. A lot of them are going to say, I wish they would communicate more. I can I, can I point something out to you, Evan? And this is a conversation. Um, I think it's safe to have on your podcast. Absolutely. So we love to train people. You know, we love the associate program and, and so many people are let's fast track and, and do all the things cool. And we can, so some people are naturally geared leaders and they can grow quickly, but I'm going to point out a story that I know that you're familiar with. So there was a time that there was this amazing leader and this, this leader walked the earth and he decided that he couldn't carry this message alone. So he chose 12 men Yeah. and he spent three years with those 12 men. And it's the greatest message that's ever been carried throughout. So carefully choosing who you put in your arsenal of people, carefully spending the time to curate that training that you really want to emphasize and put out there and then letting them do what they need to do. I think that's so important. Yes. And on that subject is he, he had 12 people. Yeah. (laughs) I can't lead really more than six or seven people. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we're trying to lead 20 and 30 people and it's just, you can manage 20 or 30. And I believe management is leading everyone the same and leadership is leading everyone differently uh, individually, which is really hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody thinks it's all leadership is fun. And there are times where it's fun. Uh, It's very, you know, last year was not fun, (laughs) fun. but I heard, I don't want to, I can't remember his name. I think it was in a conference that Rachel Hollis did. He said, Mm -hmm. This is a time for leaders to stand up. This is why we read books. This is why we listen to podcasts. This is why we educate ourselves. It's time for leaders to rise up. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I just, you know, when you have those moments and you're like, I'll never forget this moment. This is it. That was it. This is it. And, And we leaders, we have to unite and stay together and, you know, learn from each other because there's things that you know in your company that I don't know yet. And there's things in my company that you don't know yet. And um, we have to lift each other in that. Yeah. January, January is slower for salons in general. Yes. Every business has dips and <laughs> with, you know, we're having, we're seeing COVID cancellations. People are getting sick, which we're super thankful. Please stay home. If you're feeling home. sick, um, how do you keep your team morale up during this time? 
You know, we've had to, uh, we've all had to become actors and actresses in our industry. Um, you know, we can't see our smiles anymore because we are responsibly wearing masks inside of our companies. And so you kind of have to like really over-exaggerate your waves <laughs> or your hellos. There's a lot more laughs. You know, I've seen, I've seen my own team. I see them dancing around, you know, you see little wiggles in their shoulder or whatever they're doing. The, they can't hug anymore. Like, there's all this human touch that is gone. There's no high fives. There's, there's none of this stuff. And if we're not careful, we're going to become more isolated as a people. That's not how we're, we're wired to be. So I think just really emphasizing happiness inside the company every day, you know, we turned our music up a little bit louder than we ever had it. And it's still not loud, but we have it up a little bit louder. We changed the tempo of the music inside the salon uh, to make it seem a little bit more happy. And, you know, when I come into work in the morning, the first thing I do, I'm like, it's this big greeting to everybody that's saying like, good morning. You know, what are you grateful for? What are we going to do today? You're ready to knock it out. You know, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. So it's about creating this shift in your culture where we did not do that before, you know, because we, we just, we took it for granted. Yeah. And so now we, we make it happy and you've been in there, you've seen it like they're, <laughs> they're happy to be work. And we've almost become cheerleaders for each other. Everybody's always walking behind the other person, like cheering them on. Hey, that's beautiful. Love what you're doing. This is awesome. Hey, by the way, yesterday, you really knocked it out of the park. Oh, you had a level jump last week. Congratulations. So it's about celebrating more. And life is so simple, Evan. I think we have, we have learned to overcomplicate everything. If you get yeah. back to the grassroots of it, just have fun, be honest, live in integrity, live in love, and everything else is going to show up. Stay educated, stay inspired, and people are going to be drawn to you. A lot of companies are like, well, how do I get new employees? You shouldn't really have to be worrying about getting new employees. They should be knocking down your door if your culture is strong. Yeah, yes. And, you know, you're talking about celebrating, and, you know, I just thought about this. We're never going to regret celebrating. No way. <laughs> Like, I mean, people, people want to be encouraged. They want to be, um, celebrated and you can celebrate anything in any situation. It's almost like finding the positive in any situation. It might be some situations. It might be small, but I'm willing to dig it up <laughs> and bring it to the surface and be There's like, nothing there. Hey, you know, we were closed for eight weeks. Well, we learned how to put everyone on unemployment, how to bring them back. We we learned, like, we changed a lot of structures because it's almost like you're starting a whole new business, but you have staff and you have guests. So it's like, oh, okay, let's let's switch up. We went to seven days a week, um, and now we're going back to six days a week. We realize that seven days is very exhausting because if you need to do something in the salon, you have nowhere to do it <laughs> unless it's <the> midnight. <laughs> exactly. How do you, let's, let's talk about like building a team. Yes. What do you do? Cause I think everyone listening to the podcast at some points had someone on their team that just doesn't fit their culture. Yes. Um, and that's okay. They're not terrible people. We're not terrible people. Tell me how, what's your mindset when you start to realize that, or it comes to the surface? So, you know, during COVID for us, we, we had people leave and, you know, a lot of them were hourly employees that were maybe associates. And if you, they were great people, look, they would have never stood a chance in our company if they weren't great. But as we were working with them, we saw traits that were starting to appear that would we knew we knew in our minds and hearts that they would not be sustainable for our company long-term, but we do not in our company. And I can tell you, this is one of our flaws. 
is that we don't fire fast and we know that we need to do that. But I have this problem where I believe in people so much that I think there's going to be this one day of awakening. This person's going to have a switch. They're going to change and we're going to be able to help them see their, their greatness. And uh, that's not always the case, but we have had it happen. And so a lot of the people that left us were people that they would have never fit long-term culture, you know, as an associate, they would have never made it as a stylist in our company because we do have high expectations. And um, with that comes a lot of reward also. And then we lost one hairdresser and a barber. We lost a couple front desks. And when I look at the people that we lost, they truly never aligned with our culture. It didn't mean that they didn't hit their numbers. It didn't mean they didn't look the part. It didn't mean any of those things, but maybe they didn't get along with everybody or maybe they weren't kind, or maybe they had a little bit of arrogance that, uh, that was underneath. And we're a company and culture of humility. You know, we are all just doing what we do. Look, it's a haircut. <laughs> it's a color. We're not curing cancer. We're not. And, but what you need, what we do is we connect with people. And if you don't have that, that love inside of you that you can, you can share with other people. And if you always, I, I like to, in, in this particular situation, I like to think of a cat and no offense if you're a cat lover, but cats are weird, right? They only want you to pet them on their terms, you know, and you don't know if it's a good day to pet the cat or a bad day to pet the cat. Is the cat going to claw you? Um, that was kind of the situation that we were in and, and it was getting to be more grumpy cat days than not. <laughs> so those have gone on out of our company. Um, and, and it's okay. You know, the way that we run our company and structure, a lot of people don't like that. They don't want to, um, granted, we're not even a strict culture. You know, we work six hours per shift. We have total flexibility with hours. We do have a dress code, but it's not rigid. You know, it's, we want you to wear 50% black, at least, even though most of us wear solid black all the time. So we're not a strict culture. Our, our biggest things that we're focused on is customer experience on growth. So if you don't want to grow, if you don't want to earn a sustainable livelihood, we're not going to be the place for you. So really diving into who we are around. And I think that should really be done in the setup when you're onboarding the people. You know, this is what we expect from you. And we understand you expect this from us. You expect a safe place to work. You expect us to be stocked with products, supplies, color, all those things. And it's okay to say, hey, I expect this from you. It's just like a marriage, you know. It, people say, well, we're 50, 50, you're not 50, 50 in a marriage. You're 100, 100. If, yeah. you know, if you're not giving Aaron 100 and you can't do that all the time, I get it. But if you're not giving her 100 and she's not giving you 100, there's a reason in this country that we have a 62% divorce rate. Yeah. So in our companies, we just have to keep our expectations clear in understanding what your company is about in the culture. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're a small business owner, you said something that it took me a few years to kind of figure out is what is your culture? Yes. What are your core values? What do you believe? What goes in your company? What does not go? Yeah. And that's something you need to talk about in the first interview because yeah. not everyone's not everyone's going to fit your culture. And so I'd rather find that out in the first interview instead mm -hmm. of six months down the line where now costing us financially, emotionally, because we never want to let anyone go. That's, you know, all that you said, you know, I think if you're listening to this right now, like find out what your culture is and don't do this alone. Bring your team around. Hey, what do we believe? That's what we did with our staff core values. And I talk about those in our first 
interview with whoever and I talk about what their schedule is going to look like. Right. You know, like you're going to, if you're going to be a service provider, you're going to be working a lot of nights and weekends. Is that okay? Because everybody thinks they come out of hair school and they're going to work nine to five a few days. <laughs> nine and I'm to like, 12. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, all those people right now are sitting in someone else's chair and they're probably yeah. working. Hey, we're going to end this part one. Perfect. And we're going to do part two. I'm going to release part two a week from the release of this one. So if you're listening to this on the release date in a week, we'll release part two. But Daniel, thank you so much for being a part of part one. And we'll see you on part two. So grateful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Touch the Line podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel wherever you're listening. 